This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Rebounded by Haley Smith. Great effort from Smith. Up towards the Leonard. She's got speed down the left side. Finishes with the right hand off the glass. Great move by Leonard to switch from the left to the right hand. And it forces an Oregon timeout as Colorado takes a 19-6 lead. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Koenigsberg, Jake Shapiro, and Allie Monroy. Welcome into the BSN Buff Podcast, coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern. I am Jake Shapiro, your host, alongside Allie Monroy and Ryan Koenigsberg. All the crew from bsndenver.com covering CU along with you. Well, not all of our crew, but... You know, the ones that normally do this podcast are along with you. I want to start the podcast. Uh, we are doing a Q&A today, and one of the questions we got is from Will Whalen. I'll, I'll uh, bleep it out, but oh God. <laughs> is this a game? To which we respond, Ryan, no, no. this is real life. life. Will, Nina, uh, our old editor, Will, here at BSN Buffs, congratulations. Uh, Nina also on Buff Twitter. They are getting married. Woo! Is this the first ever documented Buffs Twitter marriage? It, it might, it might be. be. And uh, we're very, very happy for them. And we had to start off the top with that. Uh, today we've got spring football, basketball, uh, some fun stuff at the end, like that Q&A, as I said. But first, I've got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern a little bit more. It's the place to come if... You're going to check out a Buffs game. Tomorrow night, the Buffs take on Utah. Let's say you're not coming up to Boulder for that one. It's a 9 o'clock game. You just want to get your, your, your game on. Why don't you go to the Blake Street Tavern, get your game on while the game's on, and then you can just kind of drift your way over around Denver. That sounds more fun than going to the Coors Event Center TBH. That sounds like a lot of fun. Or you can get their coffee. Um, I've had just a little bit of a coffee today, and I feel... Two? No. I think I always had like four. Had like, <laughs> and you're already that hyper. Yes. She's had like four ounces of a coffee. I am so hyper, guys. I literally want to just jump up and down. I was thinking about. I'm trying to contain you just myself. Because it was like, it was something else. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, they have great coffee and beer and just everything about the Blake Street Tavern is really great. Well, the coffee definitely isn't good, but I probably drank it more than anyone ever in the history of Blake Street okay, Tavern. It might not be good, but I was I think I yawned probably 50 times on the way to the Blake Street Tavern. And now I don't even think of yawning. I just think of jumping up and down. Um, so, you know, coffee might not be great, but whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. Roaring start here on the BSN Buffs podcast. But speaking of roar. Uh, the Buffaloes are making noise. They're back in practice there in spring. <laughs> Buffaloes don't roar. They're they making noise. They, they rumble. They rumble. They rum- roar and rumble. Mm. We had a cheer in high school that was the Highlander rumble. I'm not going to do it. But Please do saying. it right now. No. It's terrible Is podcasting it, if you don't <laughs> do it. It's actually terrible. Is it like one of those things like you start like singing your like, because you've done this before, like you just start singing like a song that you had in like sixth grade. No. Is this one of those yeah. things? Happy in do the Highlander Rumble. Everyone do the Highlander Rumble. Highlander Rumble. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Everyone would do it at pep rallies. It was a lot of fun. We had a fight song at my elementary school that was... At your elementary school? Happy and free. 
as oh, we were God. to be dolphins of Douglas, are we? <laughs> That's the only part I remember. I think the Hell in a Rumble is better. I think not. I think it should be called the the Lowlander Fumble. No. Is this podcast even about the buffs anymore? <laughs> like, that's what our listeners have to be asking after, like, the last three weeks. Is, like, is the buffs the main focus? As I've always uh, said, this is not a buffs podcast. It's a lifestyle podcast. <laughs> we should recategorize it on iTunes as a lifestyle <laughs> podcast. Uh, but, yeah, spring football uh, started today. I was there. Uh, I would say I got to talk to Coach Mike McIntyre, but uh, I got rejected. He didn't want to talk to you. He did not want to talk to me, so... That was fun. Uh, put the rejection counter at three for Jake this week? Uh, well, four. Okay, okay. Four. <laughs> yeah. You're close. Uh, last night. Um, but, hey, you know, I talked to Javier Edwards, talked to Chris Malumba. We've talked about them on the podcast. Malumba, this was the best moment from spring practice this morning is uh, I was a little nervous going to talk to Chris Malumba because he's from Finland, so I didn't know what his English looked like. And when I – how are you possibly going to finish a sentence? Right, exactly. So when I exactly. when I talk to some of these Rockies guys, I always make sure you know I have a translator or you know I, I have a good understanding of where their English is at. So I wanted to ask the PR guy where Chris Malumba's English is at. So quote Jake Shapiro to one of the PR guys: How good is Chris Malumba's English? <laughs> uh, and to which he responded: Better, Better than, than yours. Nice. So, yeah, that was how I started my morning. But, uh, yeah, Malumba uh, and uh, ha- Hamilton and Edwards out there in the offense or defensive line, they all talked about how Samson Kafavalu is kind of being, uh, obviously he's stepping out of the program looking towards the NFL, but he's been a guy that has kind of taken, him un- or taken them under his wing and has kind of helped around uh, as he's been around the por- program a little bit. If you feel like writing about that, <clears throat> I have a quote from Samson right after the Pac-12 championship game or maybe it was the Alamo Bowl I don't know but either way I have a quote from him where he was really talking about wanting to help the next generation of buffs um, reach greatness I really hope all these seniors um, do that for the incoming freshmen and everyone else yeah I mean I'll use that quote so you should send that to me but I didn't know how true that was until I ran into Samson Kafavalu, who, once again, we've talked about it. He's one of the nicest guys uh, at CU. Also one of the weirdest guys. He, and this is, says to both of those things, um, me and uh, one of my colleagues is sitting, oh, it was Sam. Me and Sam are sitting down uh, by underneath the, the practice facility by the ticketing office at CU, and there's like, there's like six doors. You know, there's the doors that come into the practice facility. There's the doors that go into the IPF. There's the doors that go into the football locker room. And then there's the doors that also go towards the stairs. So Samson comes in uh, through the doors from outside. He comes over and says, hello. Like, you would, he says hello. No one says hello anymore, but he says hello. We have a conversation. He walks into the where Did the locker Did he have, like, is. his, like, little, like – smooth operator grin on yes yes okay and this is where it continues to get weird so he walks into the football locker room and he and then he two minutes later comes walking in the same door that he walked in before so from outside and then comes to the football locker room so he 
two times in the course of two minutes without walking out of the door. He walked in the same door. Wow. And then, to make things worse, he comes back a third time up the elevator and then walks out the door outside of the facility. So he was just popping in and out of doors without what? getting to the places that where the doors led. Was he lost? I don't know what he was doing, but <laughs> he, he, just, okay? he just kept, like, it was like a magic trick. And, like, the first time I was like, okay, it's Samson. That was a good interaction. The second time I was laughing my ass off. I'm like, how are you doing this? And the third time I'm like, dude, like, are you a magician? You are, like, coming out of doors and not following the route that the door leads to. He's probably just, like, screwing with you, like, just for fun. Like, I feel like that's something he would do. Like, he knows of, like, a secret door. And he's like, I'm just going to see if they notice this. I, I mean, he might have been because, like, it didn't look like he was doing anything else, but he just, <laughs> I don't know, it was like a jack-in-the-box. He didn't know which door he was going to come out of. That's amazing. But uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I saw from spring football today because the practices are closed to the media. That's really exciting. Uh, we were asked already in our Q&A, how did the guys look? I don't know. Well, you saw them. Like, you saw their faces. How did they look? Handsome. They were the handsome. Tired. They're the handsome, strong, costumed boys. Tired. Good. It's early. They uh, no, not for them. They normally wake up pretty early, but it's true. Steven Montez looked looked uh, uh, footbally. Football-y. Big. Yeah, <laughs> he looked the right shape and size. He looked nice. I want to ask, what do you think about the practices being closed? I know a lot of people had takes on this. I mean, everyone knows my take from last fall. Uh, that has been listening to his podcast. I think it's ridiculous uh, in many senses. And I, I understand closing some of the practices, but to close every single practice, you're not – you want all the PR about football that you could possibly get right Definitely. now, especially in the situation CU's in. And they're basically – I mean, I know from the other beat writers, how many more questions can we possibly have from Mike McIntyre over the course of the next 20 days – that doesn't relate to football if we don't see any football. And, you know, we're going to ask the questions that Mike McIntyre doesn't want to a- ask in this case because doesn't want to be asked because we don't know what's going on inside of practice. We have ears and eyes inside there, but we don't have our own eyes and ears in there. So it's hard to say what's going on, and it leads us to, you know, look for uh, other stories that are not mm-hmm. necessarily um, what's going on inside there. It's really hard to write about even Javier Edwards and Chris Malumbo, when I have some of my best sources telling me these guys look good without knowing what they look like. Um, So I think it's a really bad look for CU to just not, I mean, you don't need to make it open for everybody, but there are six people that cover the the team on a day-to-day basis. Just let those six people in. You, You can trust those people. They're not they're not bad people, at least we don't think. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I talk to them every single day. But it, it just it seems a little ridiculous. It seems very paranoid. And this is what happens when you're a football coach. This has been the case with football for forever. You don't want your secrets leaking out. But once again, they don't have a game next week. They're not running. You know, they're not – yeah, they're instilling a new defense in a little bit. Uh, they're running some new plays back there. But it's not like they're planning their trick plays for mm-hmm. the – you know, playing against Oregon or something, which happens next week. They're they're just getting loose. It, they didn't have, I don't even know if they had pads on today, but I couldn't tell you because I wasn't w- watching. Yeah. My biggest thing is no one loses out on this more than the fans do. 
And I'm not saying that the fans need to be let into practice. The fans are missing out by the media not being able to see the team because then they don't know about the team. And this is a, a an interesting transition year where, yeah, you have a lot of the pieces from that magical season last year that are still in place. But the fans are kind of trying in a spot where they have to fall in love with some new players. Like they want to fall in – like every fan is dying to fall in love with Steven Montez right now. Mm-hmm. Every fan – wants to have Isaiah Oliver be the next great corner from CU. And it kills all the hype when everything is just speculation because you can only speculate so much. Yes, we can sit here on this podcast and I can tell you that I think Steven Montez is going to be an NFL quarterback. But how many times can I say that over and over and over again without being able to actually see something new and evaluate that? We can talk about, you know, Steven Montez's performance against Oregon, but people are tired of that. People want something new to build off of, and really there's no hype that is allowed to really be recreated without people being there to be able to see something and say something. And it hurt, it hurts the fans because they don't get to learn new things about their players. And it hurts the media because there's situations like last season where – the media got what two, two two practices between spring and the the CSU was, game where they could see. There was one open practice for the spring, and then the spring game. The one open practice was when the entire media corps, aside from Brian Hall, was in Vegas covering the basketball tournament, and they do that on purpose, 100%. They know exactly what they're doing. And then the fall, there were three open practices all without pads on, and then there was a fourth practice that yeah. was open to students that I snuck into I because I was well. a student. You didn't sneak into it. You <laughs> just I just went in, and they go, you can't be here. And I go, I'm a student reporter like they're student athletes. So, yes, I'm going to stay here. And they're like, all right. So yeah. that was fun. So <laughs> what I'm getting at there is the media had no idea anything about the team, and that's why you get people who are respected in this market Predicting the team to win three, four games. <laughs> no, not to name anyone specifically. But it's, it, it just sucks for everyone because no one really knows anything about the team. And what the unfortunate part is, that's exactly the way the coaches like it. Football coaches, football programs are paranoid. They're so paranoid. They think everyone is their enemy unless they're in that building and they can look at them every single day. So... Well, I mean, DJ Elliott told um, when we met him for the first time, he saw that there was the people that work for um, SID and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, okay, those guys are our enemies, right? These guys are on our side. Do you remember that, Yeah, Jake? like as a joke, but it was totally serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. They, it, it creates this thing of the media is the enemy because, you know, who's to say that Jake Shapiro isn't passing on information to, to CSU? And that's really the way – that they can think, and it's an extremely paranoid way, way of thinking of things, but the fans lose out more than anyone in the situation where you're not letting anyone see practice. I agree with that, but I also agree um, completely with what Jake said, especially in the situation that CU is in right now, especially the football team. They need some good press. They need some good just information on what's going on. Like, let's focus back on football. That's what McIntyre wants, but he's not giving – there's no opportunity to focus back on football because how are we supposed to ask questions when we don't know what's going on? Of course, like you said, there's sources, but still, that's something that the media needs to see with their own eyes and ears and be able to talk to McIntyre, to talk to the players, and 
distract, not distract, but have other information. I feel like this Tumpkin thing has been drawn out and McIntyre's obviously just kind of fed up with it. But it's this allowing it to be open to the public, at least maybe two practices, would just really help change perspectives on things and get back to the rise, the football, what's going on with the team, and just change everyone's viewpoint on certain things. And Lord knows the spring game is going to be the most boring thing of all time. Right. And, hell, if you're CU, today at practice you had – and this is not a diss on, on Rod Mackey or Eric Christensen or – the guy from seven that was there because they're not assigned to come to see you. Slightly a diss on the guy from seven that you didn't know his name. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think he's new. Either way, my point is it's not a diss on them. They're just not assigned to come to see you. But they were assigned to come to see you today for a reason, and that's because there's a lot of turmoil. Well, if you have an open practice – oh, the guy from Fox was there too. Um, <laughs> but what, what I'm saying is, is you have – if you have open practices, maybe one of those guys, their eyes get caught by something that happens on the football field. And all of a sudden, one of their questions turns into, instead of Mike McIntyre's contract, it's, you know, whatever caught their eye on the football field. And, and that would be amazing for CU right now because you look at them and every single question one of those guys asked were about those situations. It wasn't about how Steven Montez looked or whatever. And... It sucks for guys like me because I just want to. I just have to ask the football questions. I didn't even get to get my football question in today because of all this noise mm -hmm. is happening. And if I'm frustrated with the noise of the program right now, Lord knows what it's like on the inside. Exactly. So I, I don't get why you wouldn't try to have any distraction possible towards what's going on. Take take that. Take your eyes off of what's going on off the football field. We were literally, us journalists, off the football field today. If that's not a metaphor, I don't know what is. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on the last podcast, which is just CUPR, I have a lot of respect for them. There's been some missteps here that could have helped to kill this story. You know where there's never a misstep, Ryan? Colorado Keg House. The Colorado Keg House off 36 in Wadsworth in Broomfield, right next to the First Bank Center with 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. That's right, Nick Monroy. They are the home for Colorado <laughs> craft beer. From wheat beers to nitrous to IPAs to ales, nobody does craft beer like the Colorado Keg House. You can sit at their huge bar, their table, or their lounge area, but no matter where you sit, you will be in front of a TV with sports on. So next time you're looking for something to do, go down to the Colorado Keg House off 36 and Wadsworth in Broomfield. Which, is, which one of you is the one that's extremely hyped on caffeine right now? I think it's both of you. I have not had caffeine. He I've has had not zero had caffeine. caffeine. There's caffeine in that. Uh, there is? Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I'm going to be a mess at the DU basketball game. <laughs> yeah, we're out. We're going uh, down to the DU basketball game to support Rodney Billups tonight. Kind of a underappreciated story. Um, that Rodney Billups has DU cranking like right away, so he's doing a great job. Jake and I going down there to not only support Rodney in the program, but our guy Zach Rubazam, who used to be a, a manager at CU, so and is now a uh, grad assistant for Rodney at DU. So we're going down there to check that out. It should be really cool. Better chance they make the NCAA tournament, I think, than the Colorado Buffaloes. Definitely. 100% better chance. Which is uh, kind of wild. But what were you going to say wild. before I kind of cut you off there? Do you remember? No. 
we were talking about the Colorado Keg House. We had finished oh. playing football. I don't know. I think I was going to say that Nick Monroy, like, is dying to come to Colorado just to go to the Colorado Keg House. I mean, why, why wouldn't you want to go to a place where all you could watch is sports? Well, it might be a bit of a letdown for Nick considering he's not 21, considering all they have there is beer. That was it was the biggest letdown for me when I was uh Yeah. We, we made it work. Oh. <laughs> he'll still Jimmy just have he'll we, yeah, exactly. We ordered Jimmy's. He'll still have fun just watching. Allie, I have a question for you. So oh, you kay. are a frequenter of Jimmy John's. Yes. Why <laughs> James Jonathan's as I call it. Why is it in your phone as Jimmy's but not John's? What? <laughs> so it's in your phone as Jimmy's, right? It's just in the my phone as Jimmy. Jimmy. I'm on a first name basis with Jimmy. But why not John? Because it's first, their first name is Jimmy. But you're like a John girl because you're from Philly. So like, can I get that but John? Also, Jimmy's are sprinkles. When you want sprinkles on something in Philly, you say Jimmy's. No, those are chocolate sprinkles are called Jimmy's. I say Jimmy's for everything. Any sprinkles. I've always hated sprinkles. I've always hated Jimmy's. <laughs> well, um, Jimmy Go John's... Jimmy John's actually has um, my name, my heart. Whenever I call, they're like, hi, is this Allie at this address? And I'm like, no, I moved. Oh, at this address? No. At this address? I'm like, uh, no. They're like, oh, okay, we just have seven addresses here for you. And I'm just like, uh. One guy was like, wait, Allie, you you want the veto, right? This is your address? Uh, do you, Am I right? And I was like, yes. And you're like, no, I want to veto that and get a beach no, club. No, because I don't make puns oh okay so i don't do Normally that she's salty but now she was sandy this is a subpar conversation this is awful conversation <laughs> it should drown we should quit not this con- a, we should not, quit this conversation cold turkey this conversation is definitely not a breadwinner <laughs> i can't handle that it doesn't even make it makes me and ryan cheese like you literally like are bringing down my like caffeine high right Thank now. Thank God. You Excuse it. me. <laughs> my heart's actually racing really fast. Well, uh, I think we got to talk about some Colorado basketball here. Uh, the Colorado basketball team won over uh, Oregon State in Oregon in Oregon State in the state of Oregon, and then lost to Oregon in a crushing defeat. Uh, that game was brutal for the Buffaloes, uh, and it was to be expected, I think, because of how bad the Buffs beat Oregon here on their home floor. Did you see how amazingly I, I predicted what happened talk in that, that game? Yes. That's probably the best, like, a lot of people that know me know I'm pretty good with guessing things that are going to happen during a game. That's my best one ever. Do you want to explain it to some people? Well, sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> I thought you'd never ask. Ted tweeted, like, I'm just happy the Buffs are in this game. Like, I was dreading it being on national TV, and I was like, yeah, but it just feels like Oregon's going to go on a 10-0 run at some point, and the game's going to be over. And I kid you not, the literal next thing that happened <laughs> was that Oregon went on a 10-0 run to close the half, and then they went on to absolutely blow out the Buffs. The Buffs were never even within 10 again. In total, it was a 41-9 to run. That was – I've never done something like that. It was incredible, and I, I like, don't even feel bad. I'm so happy of how right I am. Oregon's shooting was just on point during that game. They were making almost every three. Definitely on fleek. On fleek, because they were hitting. Nope. What frustrated me was um, I remember specifically I just wasn't seeing that much effort from Colorado, at least on the defensive side, 
which of course has been an issue with their guarding, but that was just really frustrating. And I mean, you can't help that that Oregon's shooting was literally, they were making almost everything. Yeah, and I think it was disappointing because Colorado probably played their most complete game of the year at home against Washington State, and then they played a pretty good game out at Oregon State, and then they played like that against Oregon. I think Oregon was gonna win that game and kind of skull crush Colorado mm -hmm. uh, no matter what, but it didn't look like it looked like Colorado got punched in the face and didn't really care. It doesn't help when Xavier Johnson has four fouls in the first half either, which yeah. is ridiculous that you can do that as a senior at this point. I, I, too much to say about that. I think it ended up only being three. They thought it was four, or something like that. I, it, it still it hurt the Buffs. He, he was in foul trouble in the first half. Bryce Peters didn't play in that game. It was his third suspension of the season, and now he's suspended indefinitely, and he is not. Uh, well, we have no idea, uh, but he, in my opinion, he's not expected to play anytime soon. Uh, Deleon Brown came back against Oregon. He had been suffering a concussion, uh, and I mentioned that I have a good Deleon Brown story, so I'm going to go ahead and tell that now. Uh, Deleon Brown, because uh, I was waiting for him to get over his concussion because I didn't want to like leak that he had a concussion or <coughs> how bad it was. He was sick, too, so when I tweeted out, uh, before I tweeted out before the Washington game that he was sick and wasn't going to play. He was sick and had a concussion at the same time. Uh, but during that homestand, uh, between the Washington and Washington State games, the Buffs were having a practice and Dell had a concussion, so he wasn't really he wasn't practicing and he was not really in the gym because you know the lights and the noise. So Dell comes walking into practice about halfway through wearing uh, sunglasses, okay? He's wearing like these big uh, sunglasses, dark, really dark black. He's got like his hood on and uh, he's, you know, he's, he's struggling a little bit. He's, he's, he's got a concussion uh, and the players see him walk in because they're like in between. They're just like shooting free throws and Satori comes at Delion Brown, and he starts calling him Ray Charles. What's up, Ray Charles? Good to see you. That's glad you up. made Glad you made practice today. Damn. And, and Dell's like got nothing to say. He's a quiet kid. He goes and sits in like the first row. He's like got his hoodie on. He's just sitting there. And then XJ like comes over, standing up, like pretending he had like a walker, like a blind person. Like Stevie, like That's come on. That's so messed like, Ray, up. Come on, Ray. Ray, where are you at, Ray? Do you see me? And then Wes comes over, like, in his face and, like, starts slapping him. Like, do you feel it? Like, can you see me? Can oh you see me? Oh, my God. They're just going after him. That's so sad. Because he was wearing sad. sunglasses inside. Like, the, and then the entire practice, every time they were shooting at that hoop, they were like, you like did you see that one, Ray? Damn. It was so savage. That's really I savage. I was... I was on. I was like done. I was laughing the entire time. But That's like, awful. It was. It was. It was really mean. But uh, and Dell eventually left before practice was over. Yeah, I, think he I had enough. bet. That's fantastic. Those lights are really, really bright, and they. I haven't had a recent concussion. Well, I had one in August, and even <laughs> just being there now, sometimes the lights really get to you. I can't imagine um, if it is a serious concussion for Delion. How, how those lights must have hurt him, and then to be ganged up on by your teammates that's kind of sad yeah at well, least you have an excuse to wear sunglasses inside which is unequivocally the coolest thing you can ever do <laughs> really yes that's what your consideration of the coolest it's thing like you can ever do cool. yep like if you wear sunglasses inside damn you're dope oh wow especially if they have white frames 
Oh. White Oakleys inside. That's a good look. It's a lock. Well, it's probably the coolest thing that you can do. Fashion advice. Yes. By Ryan. Always wear white Oakleys with like um like the f- the f- the lenses where you can't see anything like they're extremely reflective. If you wear those inside, girls are gonna dig you. What if you wear the Kanye glasses inside with the bars? Then you have bars. No. No. Maybe. No. Well, if you need a place to store the glasses when you're not wearing them, I'd suggest going to Colorado Safe Outlet because they have the largest selection of safes in Colorado. Don't waste your time at big box retailers looking at safes that don't suit your needs. Instead, come to Colorado Safe Outlet where an expert will set you up with exactly what you need. No more, no less. Once you pick the perfect safe, they will deliver it to your home fast and easy. Check them out online at coloradosafeoutlet.com or visit one of their two locations in Centennial or Stapleton. It says and Stapleton in the, in the read, but why would you go to both of their locations? I don't know. Because sure you, you have a lot of stuff that yeah. you need to store. Going to both is the safe place. Why would you store both of your expensive things in one place? It's a you lock for you to find the right safe if you go to both. I'm just going to stop talking. I think you picked the perfect combination of puns there. (laughs) (laughs) That just gave me a headache. Uh, I didn't mean to pin you down there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't come up with another one. I'm done. Good. Thank God. You can't. Ryan, no. (laughs) Stop. I know how to piss off Allie. No, I've never been mad before. Tyler's a skin walking in the Blake Street Tavern. You really broke into her brain. No. What's up, Tyler? No, no, no. Do you have any I'm basketball takes for the podcast? I'm just We're live. annoyed. They better win a lot of games. And by a lot, I mean all of them. Do they still have a chance at the tournament? <laughs> yeah, sure, if they win the Pac-12 championship game. Do you think <laughs> they will win the Pac-12 championship? No. <laughs> well, that's been our entire yeah, basketball segment. Tyler's three, this Thanks for coming on, Tyler. Three of the top five player teams in the country. You better get hot. Tons about safety. No, Tyler. I no, like not you. A pun. Okay, thank not God. Not punny. As you make and that's Tyler Ziskin, folks. The esteemed manager here at the Blake Street Tavern. He's big and safe, ladies. He's also a little hairy. <laughs> now it's time for uh, the Q and A, and we'll continue on with basketball. First question: Bryce Peters tomorrow or no? That is a big fat no. No. Though he's been practicing the last two days. He didn't practice Monday. I would assume with my heart of hearts that he is not going to play on Thursday against Utah, uh, if you listen to it before then. And then, of course, Colorado's got two more home games against Stanford and Cal, their last two regular season games of the season. I don't know if he's going to play then. We'll kind of see how that plays out. But it is not looking like Bryce is in a good situation. Chase, our Chase Hall asked, is Bryce Peters dead? Uh, Nope. He is still tweeting a lot. So unless someone hacked into his Twitter and is uh, skinned his face and is playing as him as a basketball player today at the Course Event Center, Bryce Peters is still alive. That's a really – I'm glad you told me that because I thought maybe someone skinned his face and hacked his Twitter. I'm really glad you clarified that for us. I'm watching Sherlock right now, so <laughs> I never, you never know. Um, in rela- you know what else is a Sherlock? No. Colorado <laughs> Safe Outlets. Ryan, just <laughs> drop it. Do you want one of those in your homes? <laughs> you need the Calos. Do you want a Sherlock in your homes? 
What if like we like did like a detective scene like for them? It's like speaking of Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Um, Will Whalen's bachelor party, to which me and Ryan have both been invited to. Will Whalen asked, in related news, can we do the BSN Buffs podcast from Columbia? I don't think any of us got accepted into Columbia. Yeah. Uh, I've never I been did a journalism th- seminar in Columbia. Do they have electric electrical supply at Columbia, South Carolina? Or I was talking about Columbia, New York. Oh, I was talking about Columbia, Missouri. No. <laughs> A lot of Columbia's here, Will. Will you clarify for us? You said your bachelor party was in Columbia. We do not know what that means. He's going to be so mad when he listens to this. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna ju- he's, he might ruin his computer. Like, imagine Will Whalen right now. He's got, like, the ring on Nina's f- finger right now. Like, sit down and listen to the podcast together. They're so happy. And, like, Will breaks his computer because of us. <laughs> Just, like, I can see his face. You can? Yeah. I, I think he'd just Madeline. be rolling his eyes like, God, like I do every single time you guys speak. Probably just really flattered that we're talking about him on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Real Angry Andy says, what song would you like Alex Trebek to rap for you? Uh, we'll skip that. Where is the old, <laughs> where is the outside linebacker hire? Uh, well, I think they're going to hire something very soon. Mike McIntyre said today that they are looking at hiring a new linebacking coach. Uh, to be their ninth assistant. Uh, might not necessarily be an outside linebacker coach. It might be an inside linebacker coach is what he said. So stay tuned. That, I think, is coming within the next 10 days. Um, what else we got here? Should Stefano be fired also from Ace? Will you fly drones over football practice? What is Ryan's favorite bird? Ryan, what's your favorite bird? Oh, that's a tough, tough question. Um, if you didn't see, I took an amazing picture of an eagle. It's the only thing he's been talking about like since he took the pictures. Ago. I'm so glad I've only seen him once since. Um, so eagles are pretty high on the that. list right now because. You like the Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, my God, me too. N- no. <laughs> no. Um, eagles right now are you high on the list. You buy your American Eagle? I'm oh, my God. I'm still dying to <laughs> phot- photograph an owl. Like any owl, I love all owls, but if I had to choose one, bar none. How many different types of owls do you know? What? How many different types of owls do you know? Oh, I don't want to get carried away here on the podcast. Nice flying pun, (laughs) carried away. Are you serious? You know multiple? (laughs) Of course. How many species of owls do you know? Zero. I know owls. One owl? No. Like a snow owl. A barn owl. I think you're the outlier here, Allie. I don't really listen, look at birds a lot. I actually went to bird camp when oh. I was little. <laughs> I'll have to teach you sometime. Did you play, like, was that like a training camp for the Eagles, bird camp? Yeah, it was. Um, no, my mom was, didn't want to have me at home, and so she signed me up for a week of studying birds. It was a science camp. I was in fifth grade, and we just walked around, and learned about birds but i still don't know any owls i had a you great idea you don't know about like the great horned owl you just googled that i did not i can see you on your computer <laughs> no honestly he's I trying knew that to one. ask I, named the one. I was trying to find one that like was really obscure harry potter's owl like the northern pygmy owl or the western screech owl see i think he's i literally the just looking I think them I had up. the best bird idea out of any of us in the last week which was to to uh, buy a carrier pigeon to ask a girl on a date for Valentine's Day. I thought that was romantic. That's genius. Right. 
Also, of course, I knew what a great horned owl was, but I was going to go down the list until I found, like, the is African the mo- grass owl. Is a great horned owl the most relatable owl for you? Um, <laughs> yes. Also, uh, will you fly drones over football practice? We will not, but maybe we'll get an, uh, an owl or another type of bird to give us messages. We'll teach them the 3-4 and what it looks like when it's run well. Do that. Should Stefano be fired? Uh, I don't know if he should be fired, but he should be in trouble. I think uh, he should definitely have some kind of, I don't know, fine or suspension. Anyone else want to tag in on this I think one? I think it just shouldn't all be on McIntyre, and a lot of this should be on DeStefano because, I like we were talking about at one point last week, obviously McIntyre has people in charge of him and only like anything people are talking about is McIntyre, but he went – what he claims, he went to Rick George immediately, and they listened to the lawyers, and DeStefano was the one who kind of took action in that. So I definitely think DeStefano should have some part in all of this conversation. If, if someone's going to be punished, I think it should be him. Uh, he's the one who was responsible for reporting it uh, to, the pro- to the proper channels after it was brought to him. I don't think other people involved with this necessarily had any wrongdoings. And like I mentioned, like I mentioned last week on the podcast, it it goes to the highest exactly. chain of command, and whoever was in charge of whatever went uh, of the people who may have faulted in this situation, then it, it goes to them anyway. So I do think um, De Stefano is at fault. I don't know if he should necessarily be fired. I know a lot of people, especially fans of athletics, aren't the biggest fan of De Stefano. But if someone's going to be punished, it should be him. Yeah, I agree. I just Not Mike McIntyre, whose contract is being tabled right now. I don't think um, – I'm not sure that he should be fired, but he should have some of the blame in this. And I feel like it's just all going towards Mike McIntyre. And I definitely think – maybe not fired, but he definitely should – be aware and I feel like that's why he was the one who came out with statements first because he was mainly the one in the wrongdoing because he didn't know what to do he was the he's the one most in charge and he didn't know how to handle the situation which is why I feel like he came out with his statements first and then realized oh no it's on Rick George and then Rick George came out with a statement like no guys like and then McIntyre came out with a statement like so Stefano was the first one who came out with a statement because it did seem like this was on him he didn't know how to handle it uh, next question: Did any of the newcomers newcomers this spring show anything special today? No clue. Uh, and any word on whether Moretti will be able to play this year? Jake Moretti will be available in July, is what I've been told. So he'll be ready to go for some of the end of the player run practices. I don't think he'll be a hundred percent until you know, kind of halfway through the season. But I think he'll be ready to play uh, come fall camp. You normally don't want freshmen starting on your line anyway. Uh, if, you, if you have the luxury, you'd love to be able to let him get fully healthy and have a year of conditioning before you throw him out there on the field. Which player has the most to prove this spring? Uh, that's a good question. I want to say someone on the defense, uh, and I'll probably say uh, it's hard to pick exactly one person because there's so much that needs to be made up for, but I might say Afalabe Laguda because he's really stepped up as a leader on the defense. And I think someone really needs to step up as a player in the secondary. Obviously, all eyes are on Isaiah Oliver, but he needs someone else to step up. 
I'm going to look towards Afalabe Laguda. It's a really good question. I think the e maybe one of the easier answers is Steven Montez. That's uh, what I was going to say. Steven has shown huge flashes. I think everyone is excited about his potential as a football player, but it's on him to reach that potential, and it's on him to show that not only is he a talented football player, but he can be a talented leader. He can be the guy for this offense. He can be durable. He can be all those things. So he's not going to be able to prove that all this spring, but I think he has to show to this team that they are his team. And that's what he has to prove in the spring. Which I think is hard after Sefa Lufau. I mean, he just had such an impact. He was such a leader on this team. Everyone just felt safe when he was out there. And so Except I for Sefo. <laughs> I think everyone but Sefo felt safe <laughs> when Sefo was out there. But I agree. I think Steven Montez might have the most to prove just to show this team that they are their team, just like Brian said. Other, I think Nick Fisher is another guy who's going to be expected to step up in that secondary he has to show that he's not just a one-hit wonder, literally, one hit. <laughs> so, I think that third-down stop against Washington State, <laughs> yeah, one hit. That, that one hit. Um, I think he he has a lot to show, but there's a lot of guys who have a lot to prove. Montez, to me, is the guy who needs to make the team believe in him, and that's something that he really can do in spring. A lot of these guys are going to have to kind of start the transition to being a, a, a trusted player. Montez has to show everyone, get in line behind me because I'm leading this team. I'm going to go with one more, and that's Tim Lynott. I know it's not a sexy pick, but they need a leader on that offensive line now that Alex Kelly's gone. And I think Tim Lynott's a candidate to be that guy. Of course, you look at Irwin there as well, can be a candidate to be a leader on that offensive line. He already is, but uh, in the middle, uh, Lynott plays guard, Irwin plays tackle. I don't know what they're going to do at center yet. There's uh, – <coughs> oops, excuse me. There's uh, some debating whether or not they would move Tim Lynott to center. I know Clayton Adams says he has the athletic ability to do so if they wanted to do that. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch if we have the opportunity to watch it, uh, what <laughs> they do there on that offensive line. Ben Burroughs, well, Keegan Pope asked us, are these not your father's Colorado Buffaloes? I would say they're back to being your father's Colorado Buffaloes. I think it depends on when your father was, like, in his prime. According to you, Prime That's is 24. So yes. my dad would have been – that would have been like 86 for my yeah, dad. Yeah, that's bad. My stepdad actually was in school during the Steve Fairchild era. Uh, or Steve – Chuck Fairbanks era, sorry. Steve Fairchild. <laughs> he coached at CSU. I just saw him on a, a Instagram post today. Got confused there. Imagine following someone that posts something about Steve Fairchild. He's a buff. So it's okay. Sure. Uh, next question, Ben Burroughs, what are your plans for the NIT? What exciting levels of content can we expect? Uh, well, my plan for the NIT is to watch the Buffs and Rams face off again. I think that would be incredible. Uh, Buffs-Rams rematch in the NIT. That would be the only way I think the NIT's first few rounds would be exciting if the Buffs are in it. Uh, what exciting levels of content can we expect? Well. It's been, more, it's been a lot of football when football hasn't been happening, so I assume it'll be even more football content when the NIT is happening. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> when are you going to start taking calls mid-show? I think Matt Cisneros wants to be on the podcast. When we get the equipment, Matt, we'll do it. Uh, the other question I saw with Senior Day next week, what is your best game slash memory from each of the four seniors? 
um, on the CU Buffs basketball roster. The seniors, Wesley Gordon, Xavier Johnson, Derek White, and um, Josh Fortune. Uh, I'll start with Josh Fortune. Uh, the best memory I have of Josh Fortune was during his transfer year when they were scrimmaging in front of the entire fan base and Josh Fortune became legendary Josh Fortune because he went off in that scrimmage and everyone for the rest of that year's ski senior year was Josh Fortune could be the savior for this team uh, and we learned that to be very much untrue as soon as Josh Fortune put on a game uniform instead of a practice uniform. Uh, you want me to keep going or do you want to? Josh Fortune. Um, my favorite experience with Josh Fortune would be when I found out that he was coming to see you and I tried to do an interview with him but I actually ended up doing an interview with his mom and his mom was awesome and gave me a great interview. Okay the next one I'll go with is uh, Derek White because he's been around the least. Uh, Derek I'm gonna say his best memory is yet to come. I'm gonna say his best memory is gonna come in the next month, uh, but obviously I've had some great interactions. Uh, I think frequenters of BSN Buffs know both Ryan and I have great relationships with Derek White. So on and off the court, Derek's been one hell of a guy and he's really turned into a Josh Scott type on and mm -hmm. off the court uh, with his actions. Uh, and and that's, the, that's, that's about as high of a compliment as you could get from I think either of us is being that type of person. So just being around Derek in general, he, he's just such a good guy. Yeah, certainly. I, I think some of my favorite memories of Derek were when I was still covering the team uh, and he was redshirting and just watching him dominate practices and just give this team fits um, with, you know, especially you know, a lot of these guys play a lot more freely and kind of uh, more loose in practice. And so Derek was being asked to be whoever the, the – you know, player du jour uh, that they are playing next, whether it's Tyler Dorsey or someone else. And he was just owning folks, just kind of being himself out there, shooting fadeaway mid-range uh, and, and being awesome. But I, I know I mentioned Josh Schwartz's mom, so I'd be remiss to not mention Derek White's dad, uh, <laughs> who may be listening right now. He's a, he's a follower of BSN Buffs content, and I've had some great conversations with him over at the Coors Event Center and, and online over the years. So... Uh, a lot of these guys, great families. I agree. Derek White is great on and off the court. My favorite um, night for him was White Night, though. Just Coors Event Center, all dressed in white, and he just had a phenomenal game that day. No doubt. Uh, the next one I'm going to go with is Xavier Johnson. XJ, I think uh, it's hard-pressed to find a better memory than him in the Kansas game uh, for CU uh, in 2013, 2013-2013. Uh, 14 season, yes, 2013-2014 season, and uh, December 7, 2013, KU starts the game on an 8-0, 9-0 run, maybe even 11-0 run. It was some, it was a pretty good run, where you know I'm sitting in the student section and I'm like, well, because my my two options for college were Kansas and Colorado, and honestly, I wanted to go to Kansas, but my parent, but I couldn't do it because I'm like I'm not going to a worse school and making my parents pay more. So, Why would you ever want to go to Kansas? Because I grew Lawrence up. Kansas is awesome. I grew up really? a Kansas basketball fan because uh, my dad went to Kansas. So I always wanted to go to Kansas, and Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid were mm. going there. So I was like really hyped about going to Kansas. So 
you know, XJ, my favorite moment for him was starting out that Kansas game with that massive dunk on the baseline, uh, even though it was only two points and then he got the and one, uh, and Colorado still trailed by around 10 points. It really set the pace for the rest of that game. And then, you know, you look five minutes later, and Coors Event Center's erupting when Ben Mills hits shots on the same side of the court. So XJ really set the tone and woke Colorado up in that game. And, of course, that's going to be the game, I think, uh, from this era of Colorado basketball. It's going to be one of the top five, top ten games. Uh, that game was just unbelievable in every sense of the fashion. I've never seen anything like it. It could honestly be the best regular season game in CU basketball history. Yeah. I, I mean, I said that, and one of the people that works for CU that is kind of crotchety sometimes uh, said to me <laughs> that, you know, how can you say that you haven't been around this long? And I said, I know greatness when I see it. Yeah, I mean, to say to make a comment like that is a whole different story, but it unequivocally has to be up there. I mean, it's one of the best college basketball games, period, I've ever seen. So uh, it's definitely in the conversation of greatest CU regular season game ever. Um, and XJ definitely set the tone. And I think it's hard to go against that. I mean, another great moment would be when he angrily DM'd me, but hey, let's – <laughs> so the past be the past. That was a great. That's great. Uh, that's how me and one of the reasons why we got, Ryan and I became friends. But uh, let's let the past be the past. Uh, the next guy, Wesley Gordon, the only other player on Colorado that's worn the old jerseys now at this point. Uh, well, XJ was the only one that wore them in game. Wes was redshirting that year. But that's how long it's been that these guys have been here. Wes, senior out of Colorado Springs. Uh, I still remember him watching him play against Josh in the. 3A or 4A state title, uh, which was my junior year of high school, I believe. Yeah, my junior year of high school. They were seniors, and they go head-to-head. -head. We played West that year, and West dominated our guys, of course. But uh, I have so many great moments with West just off the court because, you know, say what you will about West Gordon as a player, and he frustrates the hell out of me too uh, as someone that, you know, was watching from the stands at one point, someone that's from my angle now. I just, why don't you get it sometimes, I think, to Wes. But as a person, I've had so many great interaction, interactions with Wes. Uh, off the court, I, I've hung out with his dog before, and his dog, as a puppy, and his dog was a really cool uh, dog. He's uh, hilarious. He, and Wes is just He's so funny. crazy person. But, yeah, like. The things that he just says, it's just hilarious. I mean, he said one of I'll just say this. He, he said this to me uh, during media day. <laughs> it was so funny. Five minutes before he swatted me in that video. Uh, me and Wes were sitting on the scores table talking, and I was talking to him uh, about how, you know, he's going to be the big man on campus. I'm like, dude, everyone knows who you are. You're like the net. You're, Josh Scott's gone. Like, it's your time to shine. You're the guy. Like, you can't have a girlfriend. Like you got, like you gotta live this year up, bro. Like you gotta make this year happen for yourself. And I mean, he didn't say it this way because it was explicit, but he said, "I don't have time for this childish crap. Like I, like I got work to do, son. Like I, like I gotta put this work in." And then he proceeded. He was like, "I need a nice, respectable." <laughs> he's like, "I need a nice, respectable woman." And then he proceeded to like walk across the court with his like flip-flops and, like, socks on because he's Wes Gordon and, like, try to, like, hit some half-court shots while the media was doing scrums. But uh, you never – when Wes talks to the media and there's a camera on his face, it might look terrible, 
Uh, he, he doesn't say much. But I swear to God, if you get Wes one-on-one, uh, if it's just you interviewing Wes or you talking to Wes, Wes is by far the best quote on the buffs right now. He is, he's honest. Uh, the other day, Paul Klee was up here at uh, CU. Uh, friend of the podcast, friend of ours, all three of us here. Paul Klee's a great guy. And Paul, every time he's up, is doing a story based about Colorado Springs because it's the Colorado Springs Gazette. Wes and Klee have had interactions for seven years now because Klee was covering Colorado High School basketball when Wes was out there. So Wes saw that Paul was here, and he goes, oh, crap, it's my guy, Paul Klee. Where you want me, Klee? And, like, ran over to Paul Klee. I've never seen someone be like (laughs) – and Paul wasn't even interviewing him. He was interviewing Derek White, but he's like, okay, like, I'll interview you too, Wes. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You know, as we sit here and talk about this, I realize a lot of these players don't have signature moments. Uh, you know, the, what, the one you gave for XJ, was that really wasn't his moment. You know, when you really think of that, you think of Askia Booker and, you know, even Spencer Dinwiddie more. And I think that's kind of the issue here. You had a lot of guys who were great pieces and guys who were great to be led – and all of a sudden, all these guys who needed a leader became in a position where they needed to be the leaders, and they weren't equipped to do it. And, and you realize that I'm realizing it as we talk about this that none of them had their signature moments. Like, how five years ago, if you told me like Wes Gordon's a senior, like I'd be like, oh, he had to have posterized someone or something like that, and he never did. Or XJ had to have at a game where he goes off for a 30 ball or 40 ball. Right. Like, or you know, I mean, uh, Wes has had some big yeah. blocks here and there, but like. There's not like one where you're like, oh, you know, that he had that huge block on Andrew Wiggins or something like that. They're all missing that. They all were kind of just there for a lot of their careers. They were there. They made plays here and there. I feel like none of them reached where they could have been in, and they don't. I, I can't think of a signature moment for Wes, and maybe I'm blanking on one right now, and someone will say, oh, I can't believe you forgot about this, but I don't think there is one and I love Wes like you guys said he's hilarious but I don't think he has a signature moment a signature moment I guess you would say from Wes for me was when he just absolutely destroyed Jake on camera (laughs) that's the only (laughs) person he's ever absolutely destroyed and honestly let him think that he had a chance and honestly the first time he did it was posed the second time it wasn't posed the first time the second time it happened I thought for sure I had that bucket (laughs) I thought Wes let like I'm blown by Wes. He blocked me from the free throw line and I'm under the basket. Like let's be honest. The second time like I was like Wes is like I don't want to block you man. Like you know you're nice. You're a nice little Jewish boy. Like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I really doubt he said that sentence. He well I he I had to be it. there like no embarrass him like. Just go for it. Play your hardest. Like, don't feel sorry. Like, don't be, like, going easy on him. Like, give it your all. I feel like the second time Wes was way more comfortable with me, and he's like, all right, if I embarrass this guy, he's, like, not going to – he's not going to, like, be upset. Because the first time, like, wh- all the players were like, like, I don't know how I feel. Like, the second time it was like, remember that time you wrote something bad about me? <laughs> like, in their, like, death stare. Yeah, I'm going to swish a jumper in your face. <laughs> it, that was definitely a signature moment. But – uh, that was hilarious. We've got one more thing for you on the podcast today, and that's something based on this Old Miss scandal that happened. Old Miss just imposed a one-year postseason ban on themselves for 
a recruit that they were after taking $16,000 and then not going to Old Miss. Uh, you know, we basically came up with a segment called How We Take Advantage of Being a Five-Star Recruit. Ryan, uh, do you want to go first? We'll let Allie go first. Allie? Why? This is cruel. Um, okay, I would... I would take advantage that I could play anywhere I wanted and go to the school that I wanted the most. I just lo I had to make Allie go first because she's so bad at these segments. <laughs> like it's the best part of the segment is how bad Allie is at Shut it. Shut up! <laughs> no, I mean if I was a five-star recruit and everyone was begging for me, then I would. Where would you go? I don't know. It depends on what sport I'd be playing. What sport would you, you're playing your dream sport, you can go to your dream school. So you, soccer for you probably, right? Yeah, um, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, but I would just take advantage of having a free education. She's really That's living awesome. this dream scenario right here. That's awesome. I'm out of state and I have to pay a lot out okay. here. So I would Somehow take advantage of the like free. I made like eight Will Whalen references to him partying and I didn't swear, but she makes a reference to money and swears. I didn't swear. I didn't. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyways, first of all, I would obviously take all my visits and I would try and get to like a hot party school in every part of the country. So like I'm definitely going to ASU and then like I need the best party school in like Florida or something, probably Miami. Uh, and then I'm like hitting up a party school in the Northeast and then maybe in like the Pacific Northwest, just getting like a map of the country based on the party partying that goes down at each school. This is See, just I'll, the difference I'll, between guys and girls. I'll well, like I bet some girls are like that, but See, I'll bridge off of that. I'm just I'm all the all the visits I'm taking are to places I want to go on vacation, free vacation. Hawaii? Yeah. You know what? I'll take a I'll take an official Ooh, to Hawaii. True. Miami, taking an official to Miami. Alaska Anchorage? Uh, it depends what time of the year. If, it, <laughs> if it's like during the summer, like I've always wanted to see the 24-hour thing. So yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? That's uh, a good one. Northern Stars might go check out Minnesota football or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Northern Lights, I think, is what Northern you're looking Lights, for. Yeah, Northern Lights. I was thinking about the North, North Stars. Cause I, cause Aurora I'm, Borealis. Aurora. The technical term. Aurora Borealis. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd take all of the money. Every single dollar that is left on my doorstep is going straight into my bank account. I'm you taking every single dollar. You definitely have to finesse like multiple athletic departments out of thousands of dollars. Because like I said about this kid with Old Miss, like if they give you $15,000 and you don't go there, what are they going to do? Sue you? So you just finesse all the money out of everywhere that you can. Um, the other one I'm doing is get everyone in my life set up. So. Robert Kandichi, when he was going to Clemson, promised everyone at his high school that uh, whichever school would offer his entire high school football team a scholarship, he would go there. Clemson That's did amazing. that. Uh, so Homeboy Hall of Fame, if you've never seen that video by Bomani Jones, it's amazing. But my mom, she's getting a new job. I don't, if she wants a new job, my mom likes her job. Like, they're getting a new house, the new car, the whole, everything. And you're like, Shap, you're going to be so ineligible to play college football at this point. You're getting paid. You're getting the car. You know what? I don't care. I'll go play foreign I'll go play foreign for two years and then come back and play in the NFL or whatever. You know what? I am getting everyone set up in my life, and I'm taking advantage of the situation to the highest extent and having as much fun doing it as possible. I would do this thing where, like, so I'm from Colorado, 
I never mentioned CU once in my entire recruitment process. I take all my visits elsewhere, and then on signing day, just out of nowhere, I commit to CU. Well, <laughs> that'd be crazy. The committing part. Every single day, I would tweet somewhere else I was committing. That's because I, up. My, my brand would grow so much. Right. There's no limit on how many times you can commit and decommit. I'm just gonna like every single day, and like like not everyone's gonna see it. So like, let's say like every time you commit somewhere, like 75% of the followers like unfollow you when you decommit. You're still getting those 25% of those 100% of those follows that followed you. So you're just building this incredible brand. I would be livid if someone kept doing that. I would be like, Are you kidding me? I and like. But like it would become like I would like host a YouTube show or something like that at this point where I would just be like I'm just screwing with all of you when you guys are all falling for it like I'm not actually going to any of these schools and then like last second uh, honestly the only thing that would hold me back from going to UCLA is Adidas every other thing wants me wants me to go to UCLA but I think because they're an Adidas school I'm not going to UCLA but I don't know where I would go maybe Stanford get a good education but at this point i've got everyone in my life set up what the hell do i need the education for? oh my god <laughs> you definitely i'm going to asu let's be honest oh they're in adidas school too yeah i eliminate oh shoot i can't even take a visit there it's so off brand for me <laughs> i it instantly eliminate all adidas and under armor schools and like roast them on a daily basis on twitter and then like maryland is scrambling like let's get out of our under armor contract how do we get this nike contract to get this kid exactly Anyways, that's going to wrap up the BSN Buffs Allie, podcast. Allie, any final thoughts? <laughs> no. But I do have a final thought, Ryan. You know I get is. ganged up on too much. No. These Life flower dispensary. In Glendale, just south of Denver, serves medical and recreational marijuana until midnight. They're a one-stop shop and have something for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, Life Flower carries a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flowers and they even carry glass too. Check out the menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details or just show up to Life Flower off Leedsdale in Glendale. Unless you're a five-star recruit. Which, in that case, you are getting that ganj shipped to your door. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's go, five-star recruit. This has been the BSN Buff oh, Podcast. God. We're Ryan Koenigsberg and Ali Monroy. I'm Jake Shapiro. Thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned to all of our content on bsndenver.com. Oh, so it's all the people that people think are better than Ian Desmond at first base. Oh. So, and Trem is being sarcastic because he thinks Ian Desmond will be fine at first base, but the Purple Row guys are being like, like Kyle Parker would actually be better at first base than Ian Desmond. But Trem's like, Raphael Yanoa would be better at first base than Ian Desmond. This is how dumb things are between our two. Right. Um, look at how much coffee I've drank. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 